Hallelujah to God. There's a better land. Hallelujah. We'll know as we step, as we sing, we'll step inside the gate and all the joys there before us. I can't imagine what it'll be like to feel all the troubles and burdens just fall off and, and enter into the joys of the Lord. A new body. I, we were talking, Michelle and I, this morning, and we got the call from Sister Gail. And, and um, you know, it's sort of hard to explain um, to somebody that's young and, and especially them that are lost, but, but there, you reach a point in time where you just get tired. And uh, you're tired in body. And, and, and talking with Frances over the last few weeks, I, I know she was ready to go in more ways than one. And, uh, and, and you meet people like that, and, and they just... Um, the older we get, the more homesick we get. Because we know the joys that's waiting over there. And uh, we're, we're, the Perrys sing a song, and it's, it talks about we're torn between these two worlds that we love. And, and no doubt we, we enjoy life and love the life that God has given us. But we also know there's a better land. There's a better place. Where there'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. For all of those things are passed away. And he said, I make all things new. Looking forward to that day. While we're here, we need to be laboring and working for the Master. Somebody with anything on your heart. If not, I'd ask you to turn to 1 John chapter 4. And uh, time is getting away, and I'll try to be very brief. I know we've got business conference, and uh, not a whole lot on my heart, so I'll try to be as brief as I can. John is the same John that wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then he wrote Revelation. He is the only disciple that we believe died of an old age, just of natural causes. Um, the Gospel of John is having to do with presenting Jesus Christ as God in the flesh. That's what his Gospel was about. These things John said, I have written unto you that you may know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Revelation is concerned with things yet to be seen. Revelation is the drawing back of a curtain and a looking into the future. First John is concerned with that ye may know that you have eternal life. And uh, for those who may be wondering if you've been born again, and I don't doubt there are some in this place that wonder that from week to week, First uh, John is a good book to go to that you may know that you have eternal life. Um, but I was thinking this week, and I do desire your prayers, we're uh, in, in pain and body and weak in spirit, but I was thinking this week that tomorrow is Valentine's Day and, and uh, there will be um, no doubt millions of dollars that's spent on Valentine's Day and, uh, and there's certainly nothing wrong with showing someone that you love them. Uh, you can take the pagan holidays out and still celebrate things like showing someone that you love them. And that's good for us to do once in a while. 
uh, to show somebody that we love them and they mean so much to us. Um, but uh, this generation, I was thinking, and I mentioned cell phones a while ago, um, it's almost a thing of the past, but when I was growing up, um, there was no cell phones. There was no emails or text or internet and, and anything like that. And so the ways that you would communicate would be by telephone, landline phone, um, or if you had a sweetheart in school, as you had a few, a few minutes in between classes, you would write love letters and, and sort of hand them off in between class periods and whatnot. And I thought about that, and you might say, Preacher, what in the world are you saying that for? You have in your hands the greatest love letter that has ever been written. From Genesis through Revelation, it is nothing but a love story that God loves His creation. The book of Genesis nearly starts with a wedding and a marriage. When, when God made Eve, He made her for Adam. People say there ain't no thing, such thing as soulmates. I disagree. The Bible said God made Eve to be a helpmeet for Adam. He made her for Adam. The book of Revelation nearly ends with a marriage. And it's the Lord and His church. And the marriage supper of the Lamb. And every page between Genesis and Revelation is a love letter that God has written to mankind. And, uh, and, and, and uh, it is chock full of love stories. And, uh, but I thought this week, and I'll not read that, it's in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John, but it says that greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And so the greatest love story that the world has ever known is the love story of the cross at Calvary when God indeed gave His life for man and not for the righteous, but for sinners. And we were talking in Sunday school about will God hear a sinner pray? And Brother Joe said, I know for a fact he's heard one sinner pray. And I'll say, Brother Joe, he's heard at least two. Because he heard my cry one night as he drew me with bands of love and cords of men. I was drawn to that unmistakable Holy One that high and lifted up, crucified, resurrected Lord of glory. And so it's my heart's desire that He would draw you today and draw us a little closer to Him as we think about the subject of love and God's love letter to mankind. But in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Listen. Not that we loved God, 
but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby we know, again, we know, hereby we know that we dwell in Him and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we have, may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is made perfect in love. We love Him because He first loved us. And I'll stop there. You can go on. But just thinking about uh, what these verses mean, and John has it right. When before we were saved, we uh, we don't really love God. It's not that we loved Him, but it's that He loved us. And I've told you many times, I, I to the depths of my knowledge, I can never comprehend God that would love me. Uh, I can see where God would pity. Uh, his creation, but to love is altogether different. Uh, but I thought about the times and places in Scripture, and, and you can find when Eve was brought to Adam, Adam loved his bride. He loved his wife. Uh, different places throughout the Old Testament you can see uh, there is a such thing as love at first sight. Uh, we see that with, with the stories in the Old Testament. We see that with with uh, Isaac and Rebekah. Uh, Rebekah was the bride called forth from, uh, from her native land, called forth to go out and meet a groom that she had never met. But you see, she had heard of Isaac. The servant of Abraham told her all about Isaac. And, uh, and, and that is a picture of the Holy Spirit. I've never met in person or face to face our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Rebecca had never laid eyes on Isaac. As a matter of fact, when, when she went back with the man of God, uh, the Bible said that Isaac was out in the field. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes and saw him. And she said, Who is that? And the man of God said, That's Isaac. That's the man who I've been telling you about. The man who hath all of these great things. And he's waiting on his bride to give them to you. And the Bible says she lighted off the camel and ran unto him. And he took her into the tent and he loved her. He had never seen her, but he loved her. She had never seen him, but she knew about him and she loved him. 
Uh, Peter says it like this, Brethren, in whom we have not seen, yet we love, and with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I know enough about my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I have met Him. I've just never seen Him. Uh, But there's going to come a day, uh, just like Isaac, He's going to send forth to go and fetch His bride. And when He sends forth the servant to fetch His bride, He'll come down, the Bible said, and we'll be caught up together with Him in the clouds. I have no doubt about that. Whether we leave one by one, that's Him calling away. I thought of the different times throughout my life that God has shown me that He loved me. I went to an altar one night and uh, and I didn't get saved, but maybe I guess I thought I did. And uh, you see how God works. I, uh, he could have let me go on believing that I'd been saved the first time uh, that I went to the altar. He He could have let me go on like that, but uh, but just by happenstance or just by the will of God, as as I was exiting the church that night, uh, there was a woman talking with her grandson, and he said, "Granny, how will I know when I've been saved?" And uh, like John is talking about here, that you may know that you've been saved. And and I went to the altar and I prayed, and and I guess I thought that's all that uh, all that I could do, and uh, and uh, and I said I got saved. And I guess I thought I had, but uh, when she made that statement, she said, you'll just know. And she looked right at me and she said, won't you, Benji? And, and I realized that, that I had no idea what she was talking that I really didn't know anything more than I did when I went to the altar. In other words, there was not an experiential uh, relationship. I, I did, I'd learned about Jesus, but I, I didn't know Him yet. But I thought at different times in life and got to studying about it last night. And uh, it just so happens that I walked out on the porch about the time she was standing there and about the time that conversation had taken place. And, and that was God's way of revealing unto me that, uh, that you've not yet been saved. And and, uh, and conviction began to work and set in. And, and the next year I went back to the altar and, and, uh, and then I understood what she was talking about, that, uh, that there, there is something that happens to a soul uh, when God redeems and saves that, uh, that will cause you to know that you've passed from death unto life. I did get saved that time. And, and since that time, the Spirit has led me and kept me and preserved me and, and taught me in His Word. And, and it's gave me a desire to serve God. I, I never had that desire to worship Him until I got saved. But And, and that's what John meant. It's not that we loved Him, but it's that He loved us. And, uh, and He gave Himself to be the propitiation for our sins. I thought about uh, this morning we were getting ready and I thought about Boaz and Ruth and, and how that the greatest, one of the greatest love stories in the Word of God is that of that little Moabite woman that, uh, that, uh, that clung to her mother-in-law and she said, wherever you go, I'll go. And where you stay, I'll stay. And your people shall be my people. And your God shall be my God. And, and she went and she found grace in the eyes of Boaz and 
she had no idea who Boaz was. She, but he was a kinsman redeemer. And, and I'm not getting into that story. I said I would try to hurry. But, uh, but Boaz looked upon Ruth. And, and from the moment he saw her, it was love at first sight. And, and he began to woo her and draw her. And, and that's just the way that God works when you think about and hear the Gospel presented unto you. I can understand if you wouldn't, uh, if you wouldn't uh, believe me necessarily or if, or if it's not me, but, but if you would reject me, let me put it that way. If you would reject me, I can understand that. Uh, but I can't fathom how that you would reject one uh, that loved you so much uh, that He gave His life that you could live. And that's what John here is trying to say, that God is love and the love of God dwelleth in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And how that He came, He left all the glory. He left... Uh, uh, and you that are married here, or you that have been married maybe, uh, you uh, you know your bride. You men, you know your bride. And, and you know how it grieves your heart. And I don't do it once in a while. Uh, well, I'm just getting big. And and, and that, that breaks my heart to hear her say that. But, uh, but uh, because I want you to understand this, and I know I'm scattered, but, but I want you to understand this. God looks at His bride as a chaste virgin that's been prepared for Him. I thought about how that Boaz looked upon Ruth and he didn't see a little Moabite woman. He saw a future bride. He saw his wife. There was something about her that caught his eye. I'll say this today. There is something about the Lord's church, His elect, his redeemed, His bride, even when we get out in the world, even when we get filthy and dirty in sin, even when we're not presentable, I'll tell you what, He loves His bride, even when we're unlovable and unpresentable. He doesn't see the filth of the world. You know what He sees? He sees a bride. He sees His own. He sees the virgin bride of God, the bride of Christ. And there's going to come a day that the Bible says He'll come and He'll claim His bride. I've heard it preached and I've heard it taught that when He said, I'll go away and if I go away, I will come again unto you. If you go back in the culture of ancient Israel, that's how they would do it. They would get a spouse or engaged and then the groom would go away. The bridegroom would go away and he'd go to his father's house and he'd begin to build on to his father's house and prepare a dwelling place uh, for his bride. And that lasted at least a year, but there was no set time. In other words, the bride uh, would get up every day and gather her ladies around her, her bridesmaids, if you will, and her maid of honors, if you will. And they would wait. And every day they would get up and they would make themselves ready and make themselves presentable, uh, thinking that today could be the day uh, that the bridegroom comes and takes me to the Father's house. And I'll say that if you put that in that context, that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to go away. He's the great bridegroom. But He's coming back for His bride. He's coming back for His church. He's coming back for the apple of His eye. And it could be any day. And it could be any hour. So we're to make ourselves presentable and ready. And the bridegroom would come with His groomsmen and with His best man. And they would come and take the bride to go home. And that's where we are today. Thanks be unto God for the bride of Christ.
Uh, thanks be unto God for the love. Uh, there was nothing about Ruth uh, that Boaz should have looked upon. Uh, she wasn't rich. Uh, she was a poor widow woman uh, that was just gleaning in his field. In other words, she was so poor that uh, they didn't even have any food. It was incumbent upon her uh, to go out behind his workers and the things that uh, the uh, handfuls that they left behind or that they dropped, uh, she would pick up the scraps and take home. But she caught his eye. I thought about how uh, that there was a man of God named Hosea. And Hosea, uh, he was commanded to go love this woman. And he loved her. Uh, but she played the harlot. And she went out and she got into trouble. And she left him and she wasn't faithful to him. Uh, but God said, Hosea, uh, you love that woman. And the Bible said Hosea found her at a slave auction. And you know what he did? He bought her back. He redeemed her. I want you to understand the Word of God is nothing but a love story and a love letter about how all we like sheep have gone astray. And all we like sheep have gone astray and fell into sin. But there is a bridegroom that for some reason that we can never comprehend has cast his eye upon sinful man. And he's cast his eye upon sinful man in such a way uh, that he became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, the Bible said, and uh, you can read it in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1. I was talking to Philip outside a while ago, and that's what I told him. I was reading that last night, and it said, Our eyes have ha our eyes have looked upon, and our hands have handled, and we have walked with uh, the word of life. He put it that way uh, because there were people in the early church and that Gnosticism began to come into that place and in the early church people would say that Jesus Christ was not divine and they would rob Him of His divinity and they said that because they said flesh is evil and God could not take upon Himself flesh for that would make God evil but they didn't understand He was prepared from the foundation of the world He stood as a lamb that had been slain that that was the plan of redemption for the soul of mankind. The plan was fulfilled when Jesus Christ came into this world born of a virgin. Why did He do that? Because of His church and because of His bride and because of the love letter that God had wrote that He would send down a prophet like unto Moses and him shall ye hear. I thought about different things throughout the Word of God, but I thought about the, the, the places even in the Old Testament that are just pictures of this Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But then I thought in the New Testament, uh, when He went to the cross, I thought about the 17th chapter of John. He begins to pray. You want to talk about the Lord's Prayer? And the Lord's Prayer, in my opinion, is not our Father which art in heaven. That's the model prayer. And the Lord's Prayer that I see is in John chapter number 17. How when He's talking with the Father, He just as plain says to His Father in front of all of those disciples, uh, He said, these are in the the world. I am no more in the world. It was hidden from them what He meant. But He was simply praying unto the Father above 
He said, Father, all that you have given me, they're with me. And I gave them thy word. And they received thy word. You want to say, what is a man of God? What is a child of God? It's one that first receives the word of God as pure and as true. And has followed him. And has repented. And uh, and found grace in his eyes. But my friend, today, uh, you can be saved. You need to be saved. You need to be baptized. He says in 1 John, uh, that if you love me, keep my commandments. And you might say, and I said this last week, it is absolutely a commandment for you to be baptized after that you've been saved. He said, He that keepeth not my commandments uh, does not love me. Uh, So I'll say to you yet again, if you love Him, uh, you will keep that commandment and you will follow Him in baptism. If you really love the Lord, you will follow His commandments. And His commandments, if you go on to chapter 5, says they are not grievous. He loves you today. This has been such a scattered message. But I'm telling you today, the love that He has for His church and for His people, that we are anxiously waiting on Him to come and snatch us up and take us to the Father's house where mansions are prepared for us. But He's anxiously also awaiting the day He wants the marriage to occur. He wants to be with His bride. In John chapter 17, He says, Father, I will that they may also be with Me where I am. Think about that. I want my bride to be with me where I am. He's incomplete right now in a sense that He's without His bride. He's without His sweetheart. He's without His church. And my friend, today the Gospel, according to the, uh, the, the Word of God, the Gospel, as I said earlier, is the death, birth, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, that Gospel has been presented unto you, uh, maybe not necessarily this morning, uh, but I've been here, as a matter of fact, today, the second Sunday in February, three years. Today, uh, I was voted in as pastor at a business meeting uh, three years ago today. And I've thought about that this week. I'm telling you what, our brother Clint texted me that day and he said congratulations and he was telling me that things that I had no idea about the supermajority vote and all of that. I had no idea the struggles that you had went through. You had no idea the struggles that I'd been through. But God somehow brought me to you and God somehow brought you to me and it's been joy unspeakable and full of glory and I've tried to present the Gospel unto you that Jesus Christ died that you uh, can be saved. He died to keep you out of hell. If you depart from if you depart from time, you're into eternity and then it's too late. Then it's too late. You can't be saved. You can't be saved after you're dead. But it's not it's that God loved you first. God it's not that we love God, John said, but that He loved us and He gave Himself for us. And I think about how I've mistreated Him down through the years and how the sin that I've committed down through the years and how there are times that I've not always walked in fellowship. You know what John says in the first chapter of 1 John? He, he wants you to have fellowship with the Lord and with His church and with the brethren and the sisters in the Lord. He wants all this fighting and victory and feuding among God's people. He's not in any of that. He's not. 
He wants you to have fellowship. And the only way you can fellowship one church and another church is if both are fellowship in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the way to fellowship. It'll not be anything that man comes up with. We could get the most brilliant minds in every church to sit down together and we would make a bigger mess of it at the end than at the beginning. But I'll say to you, you get the rejoicing in Christ our Savior and fellowship can't return to the house of God. It can. But our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He had sent. And John is trying to make it abundantly clear that Jesus is the Christ of God. He talks about Antichrist. You're living in a day of the Antichrist. You're living in a day where there is a spirit of Antichrist all about us. I personally think we're living in a day when that man of sin will soon step out onto the stage of history. I've told you different times in the last two years. I think that's what we've seen with COVID. I think we've seen people rise to power, grab hold of that power, uh, step out and mandate there will be a man that has all the answers and there will be a man who will step out of the shadows and he will become Satan's man. He'll become the Antichrist. He'll put forth mandates. Uh, we've already what are you talking about, preacher? I mean, we've already saw that. Uh, they closed the churches and kept the bars open. Uh, there'll be mandates that you can't buy, sell, or trade. There'll be mandates that you must worship His mark and receive His mark. I'm telling you, the stage is set. Everything is set for Him to step out of the shadows. I believe there's a good chance He's alive today. If He's not yet alive today, then you must earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints that your children might grow up in a way that they know that the Christ of God loves them and He went to the cross and died for them. That's the only way man can be saved is knowing that Jesus Christ paid and knowing that He paid the price. He took the judgment in His own body on the tree so that you and I can go free. I'm telling you, herein is love. Herein is love perfected. There is love. That's what John's trying to get you to understand. That God loves you. That God loves you so much that He gave His only Son. And regardless of what people said in John's day, I hear the same noise in today's day. And there are certain religions today that say Jesus Christ wasn't divine until He was baptized of John in Jordan. Now that's a bunch of garbage. He was the Lamb from the foundation of the world. He is the eternal Son of God. And before the world was, Jesus was. Before the world was ever existed or created, He stood in a perfect plan with the Father and with the Holy Ghost. And the plan was already made. The foundation was laid. And from Genesis through Revelation, He expounds upon that. Genesis to Malachi, it's types and pictures and shadows. And Matthew through Revelation, the Lamb of God has came. Everything that was prophesied of Him in the Old Testament was fulfilled in the New Testament. I'm telling you, if you, if you can walk out of here thinking God doesn't love you, you've missed the mark. You've missed the point. And this has been a weak effort and it's been scattered, but I'm done. But I want you to understand that's a love letter that God had men write 
that us in 2022 might sift through these pages. And I've said this different times. Now people take this book too lightly today. But we don't esteem it high enough. It is God's breathed Word to His creation. And I've said this time and time and time again. Out of all the things that God would think that it would benefit us to know about Him, we can't know a thing about God save two ways. And by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He revealed who the Father was and His Word reveals who He is. We don't esteem this book high enough. Out of everything that God could have told mankind, out of all that God could have spoken to mankind, out of everything in His infinite, almighty, omniscient, omnipresent being, that He that dwelleth in the light that no man can approach, that's what He wants you to know from Genesis to Revelation. Apart from that, there is no revealed Scripture. Apart from this book, you don't know anything about God or His Word or His will or His way or His heart. But you read this book with the intent on seeing Jesus Christ upon every page, and I promise you, you'll find out that He's for you. That God is for us. God for me, preacher, you better believe He's for you. He died for you. Not just the collective, but on an individual basis. You bring that down to an individual heart. He died for me. He took my place. He took my sin. He took the wrath that God had appointed unto me and He said, I'll take that. And He took it upon His self as they drove the nails in His hands and His feet. He cried, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I'm telling you, He loves you today. If you're not saved, you don't yet love Him. You don't yet love Him, but He loves you. But the moment you're saved, there's a love, a spark begins to grow. And a fire begins to burn. And you can't help but love Him. To know Him is to love Him. You say, I know the Lord and you don't love Him or love His brethren and love His church. And John puts it pretty bluntly. He said, if any man love not his brethren whom he hath seen, there is no way he can love God whom he hath not seen. John puts it pretty bluntly uh, that if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. And if you keep not his commandments, you must not love him. Because if you did, you would abode with him and stayed with him. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm trying to show you God loves you today. He sent his only son to die upon a cruel, cruel cross. That we can be saved. That's what I've got for you today, and uh, it's been it's been different, I guess, but but it's the truth. It's a love letter that God wrote to mankind. You're to pick it up and read it. How how if you if you if your bride or your husband has passed from this life and you find yourself a widow, how comforting to you would it be to go back and read words that they had wrote? How much of a comfort and a joy would it be to drag out those old love letters maybe when he was in the military and sent you letters or you sent letters to him? How comforting is it to read over those and go over those? That's what the Word of God is. It's a love letter. It brings comfort and joy to the heart of the believer knowing that there is a better life. Knowing that there's a better place. And knowing as we sing that I've got a better place to go. That's what John's concerned with. That you may know you passed from death unto life. He wants you to know that it's not God's will that anybody should ever go through life and wonder, have I been saved? 
Have I been saved? Am I really redeemed? Where does that come in then? Uh, that comes in when the devil uh, gains a foothold and shipwrecks your faith. Uh, that comes in when the devil uh, will tell you what you got ain't it. Uh, John lays out in 1 John, there are ways to know if your faith is genuine or not. And it's all based on if you love Him as He's loved you. That's what it's based on. Your relationship with God the Father is everything to do with your relationship with the Son of God, Jesus Christ. You can't have a relationship with the Father unless you have a relationship with the Son. And that Son is the one who took upon sinful nature, who went to a cross, who literally poured out His life. He said, no man takes it from me. No man took the life of Jesus. And no man, you can't kill God. But he said, I laid it down. And he said, by the commandment of the Father, he's given me power to lay it down, and he's given me power to take it up again. I'm thankful. I'm thankful the Father put that power in the Son. But that Son is the judge of all the earth. He loves you. It's unfathomable to me that God would love a fallen race and a fallen creature. But so he does today. God, help us to understand more about the love of God. God, help us to understand more. I mean, see, Satan knows. Why does he blind your minds to that? Because if it ever one time enters into your soul, how much God loves you and what all the sufferings of the cross were about. And my friend, you'd know without a doubt He loves you and you'd love Him. Come ahead with a song, brother. If you're here today and lost without God, I want to reiterate a few things. Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. The only way. You'll not find salvation in any other man, any other creed, any other doctrine, save the person of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And God sent Him into this world to die that you don't have to go to hell, that you don't have to face the torment, that you can give all of that up. Would you come today if he's dealing with you?